We would like to dedicate this episode to Dame Deborah James, a journalist, podcaster and charity campaigner, an amazing woman who made an impact. Hi, I'm Maria and I'm Roisin and welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help to support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself suffered from PCOS and have had two beautiful boys and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this episode, we're discussing owning your infertility and why it's really important to talk about and work around your infertility when being active. Don't think I've ever heard of anyone approaching their trainer. I suppose I'm not hanging out really listening to conversations in the (laughs) gym, but I can't imagine it's an easy conversation to have with a trainer if it happens at all. I just don't think people really have a conversation with the trainer other than, hey, how you doing? Why are you here? What are your goals? I want to lose weight. I don't think it's not built into the personal training questions that you are kind of trained to ask. So obviously, having gone through the personal trainer training, I've had to redo everything in terms of gathering this information because it's just not talked about at all. You don't do anything to do with fertility when you are training. So you never hear anyone talking about endometriosis or PCOS. It's literally nothing that you talk about when you're training. So no, it never comes up. And I don't think PTs would be expecting it to come up because I guarantee you every one of them is like a tick box. Why are you here? Weight loss tick, you know, toning tick. Always. And that's like, okay, so get on the scales. Let's see what weight you are. I understand that it's an obvious answer to the question, but it doesn't really get to the why people are there in the first place. I think the why is really important because the why will keep you doing exercises. The why will keep you on the diet. Uh, For example, it may be infertility. That's your why. It might be that you're going through perimenopause or you're menopausal and suddenly you've gained loads of weight, you know, out of nowhere and you really do have to change the way you, you live and you eat. It might be that you have been working from home since COVID. You've literally not taken a step. And that's the way your boss wants it or you want it for the rest of your working life. So therefore, that's your why, because you're not getting any exercise in as a a natural part of the day. So for PTs, I understand it's just like, yeah, lose weight, get Mm -hmm. on the scales. Mm -hmm. The why is the motivation. I completely agree. Again, if you go back even further than that, just to get to the point where you decide you want a PT is a massive step anyway, because a lot of people think about it or... They might think, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. But actually working up the courage to even go for a PT is really important, which is why when you're going through infertility, by the time you've worked up the courage to say, right, do you know what? I'm going to speak to a PT. It's really important that you can talk to them about your infertility because your why is most likely your infertility and you want a baby. So your why, it's not necessarily to fit into your genes, although that's always nice. But, you know, it's let's be honest, I want a baby. That's why I'm here. But it might even be before that, Maria, Mm -hmm. your why, why are you here? Yes, I want to have a baby, 
But the reason why I put on the additional weight mm-hmm. is because I've been stress eating because I've gone through X amount of months waiting for the first appointment for Clomid. Your visit with Wanda, visit- your scan, your ultrasound, even your first GP appointment. Like we've talked about this before, even with COVID, that first GP appointment, if it's not an emergency, it could be ages. So yeah, there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of looking in the fridge going, oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And <laughs> Let me I'm rustle t- up a sandwich. <laughs> And I'm very, very sad. And I put yeah. lots away. Yeah. And then you go oh. to the gym and you don't want to have the conversation because you don't want to open up to a stranger. No, which is why you you just go for the weight loss. So if you're not comfortable, if you are carrying around the shame, the humiliation, you know, you're blaming yourself. If you're embarrassed because you've been rustling up those sandwiches in the fridge or you're embarrassed because... You're, you're looking at infertility like this is a really again we've spoken about this privately but this is a whole other episode but there are so many reasons why when you've plucked up the courage to go into your PT you don't then talk about infertility you go yeah I want to lose weight and I want to tone up actually what you want is the baby and you need to do all of the things to get yourself in the physical shape to get the baby but there's too many reasons why you don't talk to a PT I love the fact that you think rustling up a sandwich <laughs> Is something to be ashamed of. Hey, I, I love would, a good sandwich. Listen, love a good honestly, sandwich. Honestly, when, tru- mm. when I'm truly sad, truly, <laughs> truly sad, it's like more like fistfuls of cake. Okay, that's fine. Victoria Sponge is my favourite. Mine too. Dear listeners, we're going to do more on nutrition later. <laughs> okay, that, that show is coming. But um, we're just saying there's a lot of shame here. There's a lot of humiliation. There shouldn't be, I would like to say. We are not um, we are not shaming or anything like that. But there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of heavy emotions here. I can imagine you have some really emotional conversations with your clients. Yes, I do have a lot of emotional conversations with clients. And I would like to say that is absolutely fine. I think this is why it's important to speak to someone that understands what you're going through. Because I... I've realized that when people, even from when they book in for the consultation with me, that's that's really important. So, you know, when you've got an important appointment with a GP or you've got a really big meeting coming up, you save up everything you want to say. And it's really emotional to you. And then when that, you know, it comes to six o'clock and the appointment's there, it's all built up in your mind. And when I have the consultations with clients, it's really important to them because they've they've thought about everything they want to say. Like we've said, they've plucked up the courage to speak to a PT. They, they've got it all stored. And then when we talk and I just say to my clients, can you, if you're okay, can you just tell me your story? And then they will tell me everything they've been through. And quite often they will cry and that's absolutely fine because it's, it's really important to them. And there is a lot of blame. It's really emotional. There's frustration, there's stress, there's upset. There's probably some trauma thrown in there to make it even worse. And this is why it's really important to speak to someone that can handle that and kind of understand that and just be happy to listen to you and not be stressed out when someone cries on you, which, by the way, I'm absolutely fine with, you know, and I'm also, used to it. It's OK. It also has to be said, apart from Maria going through her own infertility mm. battle and winning, she's also, she's a smart girl. She's done her psychology degree. You're a very practical, pragmatic yeah. kind of person that understands how the mind works, understands how the body works. A good source of information. I love your opening with your new clients. Tell me a story. Because I'm nearly sure that the stories that women tell themselves are nearly heavier than the weight that's on their bodies. It's that idea of walking mm. around with the, the shame, the guilt. I'm not good enough. A good friend of mine was going through a fertility battle. She had just taken a test that morning and it was another, it was another negative. Mm-hmm. 
and her sister phoned her and her sister did not know she was going through this. And her sister phoned her to say, I've just been up. I've been sick all morning. Can you go down to the chemist and pick me up a pregnancy test? No, no, no. And she did. She Mm. did it. And that, of course, it was positive. Mm. How did someone not go to the fridge, not go to the bed? By the way, she didn't. She got back on the horse and she has her baby. Hooray! But, but I think it's really important that you ask people what's the story they're telling themselves. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is why I've completely changed, really, how I do things now. So they might be carrying things like the initial diagnosis. So to be diagnosed with infertility is really traumatic for people. Um, and actually on my Instagram today, I've been doing some research and a lot of the research shows that Um, women diagnosed with infertility, they feel it in the same way as some people diagnosed with cancer. Really? Which is not me being disrespectful in any way, shape or form to people being diagnosed with cancer. Of course it isn't. But when you assess those people, they have the same levels of kind of fear, upset, depression. And there's a lot of research now that shows that this is what this diagnosis does. So these women are carrying around this diagnosis of infertility, it's hugely affecting the mental health, but they're getting up, they're going to work, when really they are carrying this huge level of trauma because, you know, they went to the doctor yesterday and they diagnosed them with, you know, anovulatory cycles or the PCOS or the endometriosis or... I'm not going to rate them, but a particularly bad one is unexplained infertility because that's where your eggs are good, your sperm's good, you're ovulating. They are just not getting pregnant. So you're carrying around the unknown, this trauma... There might be the embarrassment there. You know, your family are going, oh, you've been married three years. When are you going to have a baby? If you then throw in um, BMI as well, and maybe your BMI is ever so slightly higher, that it's kind of like that becomes magnified because then you take this on and you're like, well, is this my fault? No, this is my fault. This is my fault. I can't have a baby because, you know, I'm half a stone too heavy. I'm three kilos too heavy. Of course, it's not your fault, but you just it just becomes you. It kind of hangs off you. And it's just there all the time, which is why, by the way, I would strongly suggest, like we've talked about before, if you can go into therapy while you're going through all of this, it's a really good thing to do. I know not everybody can, but you just you just take all of this on. Um, And there's a huge amount there. So you're carrying trying to get pregnant, trying to do all the things you're supposed to do, the eating right, having your BMI in a healthy range, getting your body fit and healthy whilst just carrying this massively heavy load. And it's like you're tested every single month Ugh. on your results. Yeah. Facing an exam. Yeah, every <laughs> yeah. month. Every and also, month. it's not just once a month. It's like, okay, right, so my period's turned up this morning, so that's a huge amount of grief. I am now grieving uh, a lost, you know, some people see that as a lost baby. So if, if you've been through IVF or ICSI and you get your period, you had a fertilised embryo. You know, you were implanted with a fertilised embryo. And I saw something again on Instagram today. A woman had had IVF. Her period had come. So in her mind, which I completely understand, she'd lost her baby. And I, you know, I completely get that. So you've got this this kind of loss every month. You've got this grief every month. But it isn't just every month because then you're like, right, I've got to get back on it. So I've got my period. And then if you have regular cycles in about two weeks, right, boom, I'm going to be ovulating. So I need to be doing the OPK, so the, the ovulation predictor kits. And I need to be getting ready for when I'm going to ovulate in the next two weeks. So I need to be eating particularly healthy. If I've got a male partner, my partner needs to be in all the things for his sperm to make sure they're all OK. So you're carrying the loss and the grief. You're carrying the shame. 
but you've also got this massive organizational task it's like you need a, a full-on wall planner situation for this because you're like right in two weeks time i'm probably going to ovulate so these are all the things i need to do i need to start testing three days before i ovulate so i need to make sure i've got my kits in am i going to buy the expensive kit am i going to buy the cheap kit i need my husband to know that i'm going to ovulate in a couple of weeks there's just huge so yeah loss grief pain trauma shame embarrassment organizational chaos also you may feel like you can't talk to anyone about it well yeah because first of all who do you talk to in the first place okay you, you, you might have it. a best friend happy days you might have your best friend but also if you're if your best friend knows nothing about infertility even if they are your best friend in the whole world how on earth do you start talking about infertility that's really hard losing weight under stress is never never a good place to no. start to walk over to a guy that looks like he's just been pumping iron for nine years and say <laughs> I'm sorry, love. Um, you know, I'm infertile. Help me. Why? I just can't understand how you have that conversation. I I would find it impossible myself yeah. to have that conversation. Yeah, and we do, like I'm laughing, but not out of disrespect. Like we said in our introduction, you know, we know this is a really serious topic, but you've absolutely nailed it. So you walk into the gym. If you listen to last week's episode, you, you've done yourself. You know, you've done well. You've got yourself in the gym. You're feeling proud. You know, you've booked in with the PT, and you're absolutely right. So you walk over to Muscle Man over in the corner. And you're like, he's like, why are you here? And you're like, boom, I want a baby. I'm infertile. He's going to turn around and walk out. He's going to be like, I just love dumbbells. I'm not trying to be rude to PTs, but... but... What else are you going to do? Go over to a a yoga instructor who's 20 and her ovaries are just like grapes (laughs) hanging off a vine. But it is really important that if you're going to pay for these services, they have to know why you're doing it. Because as Maria said, there's so much organisation with this. At different times in the month, you can and can't do certain things. The conversation has to be had with a specialist. This is the thing. So not only have you got this kind of barrier of you're carrying around this really heavy load, you've got to pluck up the courage to somehow have that conversation. And then once you've broached the topic of, by the way, I'm infertile and I'm here because I want a baby, then you've got to go. And also we need to talk about periods now. A lot of people in the gym, they're not going to be talking about periods. You've got to talk about periods because at different stages in your cycle, you are preparing to ovulate, then you hopefully are ovulating, and then you're in the two-week wait. Now, trying to explain the two-week wait to a PT who, they might be the like an awesome PT, they might be the best yoga teacher in the world, but if they've not gone through infertility, they're never going to have heard of the two-week wait before. So then you have to explain the two-week wait, which is, for people who are still new on this journey, is the time between ovulation and when your period does or does not come, where you know, fingers crossed, that little embryo is travelling down the fallopian tube and, you know, making themselves nice and cosy in your uterus. That is the two-week wait. But that's a really important time. And that's when women, again, are, they are counting down the hours sometimes to when they can test in that two-week wait. It's a really hard time. So you've got the physicality of what exercises should I or should I not be doing in the two-week wait. Then you've got the mental health side of, listen, I'm really distracted here because how early can I test? Oh, can I test at 10 days post-ovulation? And then if you've had a transfer, an embryo transfer, it gets even more complicated because then you've got things like, well, am I going to test it, you know, five days post, I don't know, three day transfer or whatever day you transferred your embryos on. My point being, your PT needs to understand that your mental health is going to be suffering. You are going to be distracted. You are in the two week wait. You've just ovulated. Whatever stage you're at, there's a huge amount going on. There's a lot to discuss with any PT that you're going to approach. But if you're too mortified to talk to them about it, that's the bit where I think will be a, a genuine barrier. Yeah, a genuine barrier. And also, the more I look into this, the word dangerous is, is too strong a word. It's not dangerous, but there are things you can 
and would be best not to do when you are working on your fitness and your fertility. We're not just working on fitness here, we're working on your fertility as well. And there are certain things that you perhaps should be doing and perhaps should not be doing to enhance your fertility. And again, if you're if you're not comfortable talking to your PT about that, it's perhaps not as helpful as it could be. So what would your advice be? My advice would be if you are hopefully confident and comfortable enough, you have to own your infertility. You have to try, and I know this is hard, try to get rid of the shame because it's not your fault. Try to get rid of the embarrassment because it's not your fault. Try to not worry if you're a little bit overweight. It's not your fault because you have to have the conversation with the PT that says, I am not your regular client. I am not just here to lose weight and tone up. If I'm here to lose weight, it's because I want the baby. I'm not here because I'm going on a summer holiday and I want to look good in my bikini. It's a completely different story. So if you can, you have to be able to own your infertility. There's certain times in the woman's life we have to accept our bodies change. I'm perimenopausal. I didn't like that label. Mm-mm. Oh, I didn't like that label Mm-mm. one little bit. But I was getting kind of weird skin things. My joints were feeling a little dodgy. And I thought, you know, menopause happened to women that were like wildly old. <laughs> I thought menopause... For the record, Roisin is not old, I would I'm, like to I'm, point I'm, out. I'm and she's old. looking I'm fabulous, not, okay? Not, not but after Googling some of my symptoms... Mm. And realise that it mm, could potentially be this. The first couple of conversations are horrendous. You feel like, oh God, have I really transitioned into this space? And then you could become expert. And then you, go, <laughs> then you start going, I want my estrogen like this. I want, my, I want some testosterone like yes, this. Yes, please. And you really start to get a better treatment. Mm. The minute I started asking for help and naming it and saying, this is what I have. And, this, and obviously getting the knowledge and this is what I want. Then you get the good medication and then you feel great. And then what I found was when I started talking to my friends about it, mm-hmm. guess what they were going through too? Mm-hmm. The same thing. And this is when you have the conversations and then you're sharing information and then you're getting advice. Absolutely owning it and it gets easier every time you tell the story. It absolutely does. And just what you were just talking about there about fitness and adapting your fitness there is a whole branch of science which is basically fitness for medicine we are one system yeah they're looking at it holistically they're going hang on a minute exercise Mm. makes a difference oh different types of exercise make a difference oh right well instead of just whacking people on a load of drugs let's try all these different things you will get better advice if you open up about what your underlying reasons are yeah but also there is something you said for going to specialists yeah Absolutely. If you are looking for a PT and you are trying to conceive, I would strongly suggest you go to a specialist just because of everything we've talked about today. You know, you wouldn't go to, I don't know, let's say a plumber to fix your car. So you don't want to be going to a PT who specializes, let's say, in bodybuilding. If you're trying to conceive, not all PTs are the same. Not all training programs are the same. So you need a PT that you can relate to, that you're comfortable talking to, so that they can adapt your training for your own fertility needs. And I'm going to say that again, for your own fertility needs. So Roisin's needs and my needs are different. Sure. All of my clients amazing women they actually all have really different needs so all the women with pcos are a little bit different all the women with endometriosis are a little bit different one of my clients is going through ivf at the minute she has um a cyst on her ovaries so i've adapted her training to avoid no twisting and to make sure that she's not jumping up and down and jiggling her ovaries because 
she needs that to avoid the risk of ovarian torsion. So from a PT, you need flexibility and you need friendly accountability because you need the flexibility to adapt to different stages in their cycle or different parts of the PCOS or if they have a cyst on their ovaries or if their endometriosis is particularly difficult, you need to be able to say, do you know what, I've got three workouts booked in for this week, I'm just going to jiggle them around a bit because I know day three of my period is much easier than let's say day one. And then you need the friendly accountability because you want someone still to be checking in on you. It's one of the, num you know, it's probably the number one reason people go to a PT. But you don't want someone that's going to be saying to you, why have you put on a pound this week? Well, you've put on a pound because you're in the middle of your period. Or why have you not done your workout today? Well, because I was crouched over uh, on the sofa because my endometriosis was so horrifically painful, I couldn't move that day. So you need flexibility and friendly accountability and a specialist that understands what you're talking about and, and the things you're going through. Not solely to promote what Maria does, but if you are completely embarrassed, you just couldn't possibly say this to someone's face. This is where the virtual PT really has come into its own. Yeah. Because at the time when I was starting to exhibit symptoms and I was getting a lot of bloating and mm. my cycle was sort of coming out of, for the first time because it was always very regular, but it came out of sync. I was working with a virtual trainer because it was during COVID. And I remember thinking, I'd be really embarrassed saying this to this guy, he was actually in the room with me, but because I was just like emailing him, it yeah. seems so much easier. <laughs> you know, that's actually a really good point. And whenever anyone books in a consultation for me, I just ask them a couple of quick questions. And again, could you just give me a brief summary of your story? So it's a really good way of people feeling comfortable telling me where they're at without having to tell me face to face. And it just breaks the ice a little bit. And it's just endometriosis or you know I've experienced baby loss or I've got PCOS and even you know just someone saying do you know what I'm really unhappy with my weight you know what I've put on two stone mm. that can be really embarrassing for people and, sure. and, and again I'm not saying that you should be embarrassed in the, there is no judgment from me I am one of the least judgy people <laughs> you know you will probably come across but having the guts to say to someone listen I've put on two stone and I feel really crap that's a big thing because society tells us you're supposed to be really skinny and you're not allowed to put on weight. So even just that. So writing it down, I actually think is a really good idea. It also helps you organise your thoughts. I'm nearly sure at some stage we'll get into so journaling and dealing yeah. with the mental health side of infertility, which which is <laughs> huge. huge. So if you've got any questions at all, I am very happy to help you with these. So you can get in touch uh, via Instagram at fitness underscore fertility. Uh, Facebook is fitness fertility, all one word. If you want to be a bit more traditional, you're very welcome to email at info at fitnessfertility.com. And again, if you just um, pop over to my website, fitnessfertility.com and subscribe, there's an opportunity for you to get in touch. And I promise I will always get back to you. So please, please, please. I would really like to help. So just get in touch. I don't mind what it is. Maria, what are we going to be discussing next week? Next week, we are looking at a really important topic and one I get asked about all the time, which is fertility-friendly weight loss. Okay, so fertility-friendly weight loss. Um, you will probably not be shocked to find out that losing weight for uh, fertility is not the same as losing weight for trying to fit into your bikini for the summer holiday. So there are lots of things we need to share with you that are really important. So tune in next week for fertility-friendly weight loss. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week. And please rate, comment, and really importantly, share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may just need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. 
we'd strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.